The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for operational excellence? Welcome to the Visual Workplace, Work That Makes Sense, where your host and visual workplace expert, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, shares powerful visual principles and practices to optimize your operations and make them safer, faster, better, and far less costly. The Visual Workplace. You can't get to excellence without it. Now, here's Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. Hi. Hi, everyone. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth, and you are at the Visual Workplace. Welcome. Welcome where our t-shirts say, let the workplace speak. Big explanation point, front and back. Let the workplace speak. <laughs> let, let, let's get noisy. Let the workplace speak. Welcome to our show. Every week on the show, we look at some aspect of letting the workplace speak, some aspect of how to embed the intelligence of our operational system into the landscape of work through visual devices, through visual mini systems, through visual thinking, visual information sharing. They're all just about the same thing, more and more tangible. How to install the language of our current level of operational excellence, even if we are not quite as excellent as we wish we would be or as we will be. But currently, this is our operational system. We have made it concrete and specific through visual devices, through visual mini systems. We can literally see how it works because we're seeing how we think and we can predict how that function, how that thinking will function. Because we've captured it, it is embedded. And why do we bother? We bother for the bottom line benefits, 15 to 30% increase in productivity. And if this is offices we're talking about, that will raise up to 35%. It is the office, any office environment is a tremendous opportunity for visuality. The implementation process is slightly different because of the configurations of offices, but the principles of visuality are identical. The principles of smart placement, the principles of borders addresses, the principles of sharing information in flat formats, formats such as visual displays, the visual management aspect is identical in principle. And that, by the way, represents visual management, about 15% of the continuum. <clears throat> we'll do a show on that soon. So we do it for the bottom line benefit. Improve safety, better quality, more aligned delivery time, shrinking costs, and splendid cultural alignment. If bottom line benefits is number one, Splendid cultural alignment is number two, a spirited and engaged workforce on all levels, distinctively on the executive level, level, on the value-add level, on the supervisory level, on the management level, on the support level, 
in the field, up and down your supply chain. Cultural alignment, spirited, engaged, unified. And the third benefit, which I rank very high against the other two, is we simply enjoy ourselves at work. We enjoy ourselves because we can flow. Visuality removes the struggle. The struggle, if you look closer, is in the form of interruptions, questions, missing information, incomplete information, late information or no information at all. We call it information deficits. Information deficits are the (laughs) cause, as it were, and our struggle is the symptom. The word for struggle that I use is motion, moving without working. I have borrowed from Ono and Shingo their seven deadly wastes from the Toyota production system, motion. It's usually number four on the, uh, on the wheel, moving without working. Ono was talking about that the machine was doing the work and the man was doing nothing. The operator was doing nothing. And he said, let's capitalize on that. It's a waste for us to watch the washing machine go around and around and around. Let's do something else. But I've used it as the major metric, the major revealer of the need for visuality because motion is so closely triggered to missing information. In fact, I have found it to be 99.9% of the time the cause, information deficits, and motion is its expression. So we enjoy ourselves at work. The struggle is gone. We flow. We are aware. We are heroes of our work. We're in control. The enterprise prospers. That's what the visual workplace is about. It is a partner, an equal partner. I won't make it more powerful than lean, but it is an equal partner to lean like two wings of a bird. The lean part is about the critical path and about pull. The visual part is about information and it's about adherence, adherence of information. Hmm? That's the visual part. That's the visual wing of the bird. And lean is the other wing. Which wing is more important? Watch how birds fly and you will know the answer. They are of equal importance. Absolutely equal. All right. So welcome. A few announces, excuse me, a few announcements before we jump in. And that is please... If you aren't getting it, please get our Visual Thinker newsletter. Cindy Linden, our VP of uh, Communication, does a wonderful job on that every single week, 52 times a year. She has wonderful tricks and trials and uh, visual fails, wonderful pictures of of where visuality doesn't work. In our our recent issue, I believe it was uh, last week, there was a windmill... And in front of it was this uh, silhouette of Don Quixote that was a street sign, that actually was literally a street sign in Holland uh, to alert you that the windmill was uh, nearby. Wonderful visual information sharing in such unique ways and sometimes in contradictory ways, in ways that, are just, that just don't work. 
So please watch our newsletters. There's an article that I write every week just for you for the newsletter. And there's also the announcement of what I'm going to be talking about on this, our weekly radio show. It's full of information. It's a good read. It's a short read. And it will just keep you going in terms of visuality and give you things to think about and either sing to you, the choir, if you're already on board, or give you more and more reasons for thinking about visuality as a component of your journey to operational excellence. I hope you consider it. And I also want to invite you to consider our three levels of membership. One of them is free, and you get the newsletter, and you get streaming podcasts, and some things that I put in the Visual Workplace Toolbox that are absolutely free just by signing on. But the second level, which is about it's $19 a month, you, get, you also get um, access to a couple of our live monthly webinars. We do one a month, about an hour and a half of deep visuality. Last month, we did Royal Nautobahn Trailers in Holland. We did a, a visual workplace case study. I think it was very good, very complete. They worked for about five years, lots of things to learn. And you also get a bonus of, for 30 days, you can watch unlimited viewing of our first e-learning module in my Work That Makes Sense training system, the basics of workplace visuality. So you get 30 days of that and, uh, and lots of other things. And then for 89 a month, you get our seminar. I'm sorry, our webinar, our live webinar, which is every month, and that goes for $75 anyway. And then on top of that, you get access for one month to three of the modules of my Work That Makes Sense system, some really cool modules about borders and about the power levels and about the basics. And you get, uh, oh, just other stuff, lots of other stuff. So look at our, our website, click the membership button, You'll see three levels. We hope you join one of them for sure. And please watch out for our newsletter. I think it's terrific. And uh, I hope you do too. Stuff to learn. So there's more to come. Stay tuned. Visit us at visualworkplace.com. That's our website. I forgot to tell you. Visualworkplace.com. So let's move into the topic for today. I chose the topic for today because I want to, I'm kind of moving through in this new chunk of time together. We spent a lot of time on leadership, almost a year. And in this new time together, I kind of want to move through what we implement, how we implement, how we do it, why we do it, why is visuality important, how does it work, but to hit it with an assumption that you have a background now. And that we can, yes, cover some of the same ground, but do it with a little bit more nuance and with uh, new information or new insights, a little bit more depth. You know, I create this show for two groups simultaneously. One group is the newcomer. Someone who is, has heard about visuality, wants to learn more, and they come to the show and they learn more during every show. We don't want to be too particular in terms of you need to have a background in order to, to track the, uh, the discussion. So one group is the newcomer. The other group, at the same time, is the deep dive practitioner. Someone who's been doing visuality or doing continuous improvement for years, if not decades, and who comes to the show to glean something more. 
to get an insight. They don't exactly come from my personality. They come from my 35 years of experience in the field and the things that I've learned that will either confirm or affirm what they're already doing or maybe add to it. So today we're going to hit some of those things. And what's important is that we keep the discussion going, that we actually have a chance to consider these things and to do it regularly. The visual workplace, we're in our fourth year, and yes, there is that much depth and interest and coolness about that field. And today, I want us to question the basic premise. Why do we do visuality at all? Why at all? We're all familiar with what visuality can do. We all know that it is, because I said so, (laughs) that it is one of the two wings of operational excellence, lean on one side and visual on the other. But let's get down to the question of, is this place really so bad, this place where I work, without visuality? I mean, maybe it's a little bit dingy. Maybe it doesn't look like the boardroom. But that doesn't mean good work can't happen here, does it? You know, I've been working here for 37 years or three years, and it's pretty good. What's the big deal about? Or or so speaketh the tribe. So speaketh the tribe. So I want us to kind of just talk around those issues, deal with the elephant in the room, deal with the devil we know, which is the past, And let's see how we crack the code on this without cracking the people. How do we crack the code on, you could call it the inertia, the tribal think. But I think we have to find many ways to call it so we don't get stuck in thinking that we know the answer just because we know the direction that we're going in. Let's pick this up some more after our first break, which we are sliding into now. I'll be here when you get back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. 
Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call one 866 472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi there. Hi, it's Gwendolyn. Welcome to the second part of our show today at the Visual Workplace. We are looking at the Visual Workplace and the Tribal Think. What's so bad about a digi place that I've been working now happily for the last 15 years. Why do you want to mess with it? So let's deal with the elephant in the room. Let's deal with the devil we know, the past. And let's see, let's just kind of have a conversation about how this does proceed or can proceed or even maybe even should, could proceed. And I want to invite you to call in if you wish. Our listener call-in line is, as always, 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790. Call in, ask your question. We would love to hear from you. So we're all familiar with the notion of change management and resistance and inertia, dreaded elements in practically any change effort. You know it's there, it's waiting, it's going to come out and it's going to bite you, bite you on the ankle. But sometimes I think we're a little bit too hasty in anticipating those things and actually in labeling them. Sometimes I think this so-called resistance and inertia in the eyes of some like change agents like myself or continuous improvement specialists, thought leaders or whatever, could in truth be just so much common sense to the person or persons who are not that excited about the change that you want to roll over them. Maybe for them, it's common sense not to mess with things the way they are, don't fix it until it's broke. Maybe they think it's not broke. And maybe you, like me, are a great fan of visuality. And so your rationale probably goes something like, What could be wrong with color coding? Who would complain if we just cleaned up around here and brought some order to things? Well, these concepts and these actions are not wrong. In fact, you know what I know. They're very, very right. So I'm not saying they are wrong. I am saying that they may not, in concept or in name, be that appealing just because they're right. Right, schmite, who cares? They may be, in fact, more like your opinion, <laughs> my opinion. 
and you know, especially here in the United States, we have our opinions about things, about everything. In fact, to tell you the truth, one of the last groups I would want to give a rule book to is a bunch of Americans. They bring the same gung-ho, we bring the same gung-ho enthusiasm to rules as we do to freedom. I mean, for example, just do it. I think that came from Nike. But just do it has turned thinking into a mistake. Contemplation into a mistake. We've turned freedom into a rule. <laughs> we see people who, ju- who don't just do it as not getting with the program. Slaggards or, you know, worse. We have an opinion about it. We Americans, we have opinions. Yes, others in the world have their opinions, but I live here and I watch the opinions fly. And believe me, I am as much a a part of that description as I am a describer of it. I know that. We are rambunctious. I'm not a big fan of the notion of artificial tolerance. Tolerance is good. But the kind of tolerance that says this is good because I say it's good is not tolerance at all. <laughs> I feel the same way about grumpiness. I have, I'm a pretty grumpy person, especially in the mornings. But grumpiness isn't really bad. Why even give it a label? It's just a condition and it's usually passing. I prefer cheerfulness because with cheerfulness comes a certain kind of, well, compliance compliance, smoothness. Look, we are complex beings and we live in a complex world. But the solutions that are needed are not necessarily complex. I wouldn't call them complex. I wouldn't call them simple, though simplicity works. I would say the solutions have many layers. So I'm entering into one layer now. I'm entering into the layer of the tribal think and what to do about it. Is the pre-visual workplace really such a bad place? It's been working for us for all these years. And just because it's a bit dingy, doesn't look like the boardroom, doesn't mean that good work doesn't happen here because I'm doing it. The subtext is I get through I'm the boss of my own bench, my own machine, my own desk, my own ward in the hospital. I'm the boss here. I know what I'm doing. I'm good at it. I've got other bosses. They're like me. We're good at what we do. I am a member of this tribe, and it's my tribe. And we like things just as they are. And you know what? I don't necessarily think that progress means visually ordered, smartly placed, and transparent. There's been a lot of discussion about this thing called the tribal mentality. I call it the tribal think. Whether it's a family system that's your tribe, a religious community, a meditation group, an ethnic uh, preference, or just the south side of Boston. The tribe brings members on into a belief system. And the basic value is you believe like me and therefore we are one. We think together, we play together, we are together, the tribal 
the tribe tribalism is maintained. It's strong. And there's a lot of lot of research that says after a certain size, a population will naturally segment into tribes because we need smaller groups, because we need kinship in order to possess a strong feeling of identity. And those who are proximate to us, those who are closest to us, help us to find that. Okay? So it's kind of natural to be tribal, and with tribal comes a kind of form or a kind of um, condition to resist changing that tribe. Because the whole idea is I feel safe here, and so do you, and we're going to protect each other. Instinctual, you could call it instinctual. You know, there was a wonderful study done. This was so, but it's local. That, that's the point I want to make before I tell you about this study. It's local, it's close at hand. So there was this study done. <laughs> Such a strange question that was asked and answered, but, but it got to the point. And the question was, if you had a fatal disease, would you prefer to have a life-saving diagnosis from a computer that was located a thousand miles away or the exact same diagnosis from a computer in your own town? And of course, the question is, does it make a difference? Well, the largest, the majority of people said very clearly that they want the information, the exact same information from a machine that was local. Absolutely no question about it. The one that was a thousand miles away was not part of my scene. The one that was closer, this is a machine. This isn't someone knocking on your door. This is the same computer that you're on at home clicking into a computer that's located either a thousand miles away or right here. Who can explain this? Who can tell you why? Fools give you reasons. Wise men never try. It's just us. We are complex beings. I don't know if you know of an anthropologist. She was very famous for her work in the South Pacific. Her name is Margaret Mead in the uh, 1930s and 40s. Her work flowered. She also did a wonderful study called The Chrysanthemum and the Sword for the U.S. government when we entered the war on, with Japan. And her job was to tell the government how we could govern Japan by telling us what the anthropologist's point of view was of their systems. And she did this marvelous study that is so worth a read. It came out in 19, I believe it was 1943. But it is well worth it. But at any rate, it's like this. You can call it a clan. You can call it a network. You can call it a family. You can call it a tribe. But whatever you call it, Whoever you are, you need one. This is actually a quote from Margaret Mead's biographer, another very gifted woman named Jane Howard. We may not be aware of the influence of this tribal think on us, not on a conscious level, but it happens. And it happens below the radar of conscious thought. And that is going to be one of your factors when you implement. No matter how great the changes 
going to be, whatever direction you're taking the company in, you've seen it before, you know it, you breathe it. You know this is a solution, and it may be the solution to turn everything around. This is certainly the way we, us fanatics in, in, in visual and lean feel about it. This is it. You're going to win, win the shingle prize. This is what you need. This is the missing link. So we have that fervor, fervor, the thing I was calling before, opinion. And it is not just characteristic of us in America. It's characteristic of anyone, anywhere, because we're human and it's part of our complexity. So you're going to bring this in. And what I want to talk about, what I'm moving in the direction for, is a, a list of about seven or eight guidelines that I use internally. And I attempt, when I'm working with trainers and coaching or training them as trainers, I attempt to impart this. And I want to go through that list right after our next break. Well, I want a little bit more lead up because I want to tell you about a great movie I saw many years ago, Serenity. And then that will kind of bring me into um, (laughs) my list. Uh, This is a conversation. Please call in at any time. And let's continue the conversation. Talk to you in a minute. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Hi, this is Gwendolyn Galsworth, and you have entered the Visual Workplace, the third segment of our show today, where we're looking at the Visual Workplace and the Tribal Think, and we're having a conversation about what that means and what to do about it. What to do about it because 
like you, I want to see greater visuality. And that means implementation, and that means plans, and that means scheduling, that means lost production or lost work time in order to learn more, in order to improve and improve more and improve better and sustain it and all that stuff. And what we're working through, the medium that we're working through, is people. It's us. We're trying to change us, and that's a problem. People don't mind that much that you're changing the system, the process, the company. But as soon as you start to change or want to change or look to change me, I'm going to push back. I'm going to push back on a human level. There's nothing wrong with me right now. How dare you presume to change me? (laughs) Does that sound right to you? Keep your hands off. I'm in charge of me. Change what you like out there. And we're also talking about tribes. These patterns of behavior, patterns of belief. Tribes. They have their offenses and their wounds and their hurts. They move as one. Tread carefully. That's the elephant in the room. If we ignore it, it won't go away. It's there. If we gingerly walk around it, it's still there. If we try to remove it, the walls will come down and we have to do, we have to deal with that. There's an elephant in the room. One way to talk about the elephant in the room is the tribe. Another way could be the past. A thing or a circumstance, a condition that predates your improvement initiative, that predates your plan to do good. But its anchor, its anchor is always fear. It's always fear. The elephant in the room is fear. And Deming, the great Deming, said it, prescribed it, mandated it. He said, I think it was his principle number eight of his 14 principles, drive out fear. Drive out fear. And he's right. He was right. He's right now. And just to put a little bit of local color on that, what was so interesting about Deming was spending time with him. I want to tell you something. This man was not a charmer. He was brilliant and his contribution was enormous. But I spent time with him and I spent a little bit too much time with him in a car one particular day. He was not a walking, talking example of a politically correct personality. He was grumpy to the point of being crusty. And he didn't give a rat's behind about me or my feelings or the other people who were around us. And we say he had a right to be. He was his own self. And if there's any theme here in our conversation today, it's a theme about this, about one's own self. And by the way, I forgot to give you the number, the call-in number, 866-472-5790. Please call. Let me hear what you think. 866-472-5790. I call to mind one of my favorite movies, and I suspect yours, Serenity. Serenity, this great sci-fi movie. I have a love of 
great. I'm very susceptible to great sci-fi. Lousy sci-fi, I hate it. But great sci-fi, this is one of them. Serenity. So River Tam is a young girl. She's probably 15, 16. Exceptional. Beautiful, graceful, and with a tremendous mind. And also a psychic ability. And she is being mind-conditioned. She's been captured in a way, taken, but not violently, just as a kind of conscripted, as you would uh, with a soldier, by the evil alliance. So they can use her, and they're conditioning her mind. They want to turn her into a kind of psychic killing machine. She's magnificent in her development. But she's badly used by the forces of... The Alliance, her brother Simon, who is a genius doctor in his own right, rescues her and they seek refuge on a transport ship called the Serenity, who is, which is captained by the most rambunctious, grumpy, crusty smuggler. His name is, just a moment, his name is, ah, oh, damn, oh, excuse me, Mal, Mal, Malcolm. Malcolm Reynolds, pardon me, I, that was a word that I shouldn't use on air, but I was actually in my brain looking around. <laughs> so this captain, who's a smuggler himself and an ex-war hero who fought against the Alliance, he takes them in and after many adventures, including some several hair-raising encounters with the Reavers, a kind of non-dead carnivore, soulless, indiscriminate, and very hungry tribe, something marvelous happens and it ends in a way that's simply spectacular. But there's a moment very early in the start of this movie that I love, where we see River Tam in her alliance school, and she's being taught on this beautiful sunny day, everyone is in white, and the birds are chirping, and there's a lovely teacher up front, and a room full of 14, 15-year-olds are, are, are sitting there in this open air with their hands in their laps and their knees straight ahead of them. And she asks a question these, of these gifted kids. Why, she says, why would these people who are rebelling against us not want to accept civilization, improvement, progress? Why? And remember, Tam is sitting in the back, long hair, younger than we'll meet her in a moment, a little bit younger. And she says, and the teacher repeats, why? And River Tam is muddling, I'm sorry, is muttering to herself. And the teacher gets closer. And she said, River, what did you say? And she says, and River says, meddling. We're meddling, she says. We're meddling with people. That's why they rebel. (laughs) This was an epiphany on the order of anything else I've learned in my life. I thought, oh my God, that's what it is. They're meddling. We meddle. We try to change people when we're in the process of change instead of allowing them to make their own change of themselves. We're complex beings. We live in a complex world. We lead complex lives. It takes courage. And even though we may have others that 
we depend on and that we need, our tribe, there's always a risk. There are always loose ends, unresolved circumstances, and yet we go on courageously. And so when I implement, as I've been doing for the last 33 years, uh, something like that, I have a set of internal guidelines that form the basis of a kind of value system of change. And I want to share them with you today. And the first one, as you might guess, is don't meddle. Don't meddle. Don't have the orientation of metal. Yes, you are creating change. But if you want the visual workplace, you are going to have to deal with the tribal think and not try to disassemble it as a condition of the launch. People don't mind change. They do mind when you try to change them. They don't mind the change on the outside. They're curious. We're curious creatures. But try to change them and you will get such a wall. So the first is don't meddle. The flip side of that is let people be themselves. The second is to tread carefully. Tread carefully. If you need help, get your own support group and get help. Have a group of one or two or three of your peers meet with you and you with them regularly so that you can sort through the vagaries of the human condition, which you are going to come flat up against when you attempt to create change. And you'll make blunders. And one of them will be you'll try to change people instead of trying to change the scenario in which people live and work, the system, the conditions. And certainly when you're in physicality, I'm sorry, and when you're in visuality, you are in physicality. Visual is physical. And that you can use to work for your benefit. That, in a way, is the saving grace that you're changing the outside. We know, this is number three, when you change the outside, the inside follows. It does sound rather superficial, doesn't it? And I'm not talking about plastic surgery, although if it works for you, it gave our great friend Joan Rivers a longer life and a place in the society, a place to make a contribution. Her plastic surgery was a part of that contribution. Her ease with herself and her declaration really of sovereignty, which is in a way what I'm saying here. She was a sovereign being. She led her life that way. She was also a decent human being, a good person, and a hardworking one. It wasn't as though she was casual about the gifts that she was given. She was grateful, but she also used them to increase her, I would say, the size of the canvas of her life. She wanted that. It was a hunger in her, and plastic surgery was part of it. So tread carefully. I promote and I advocate for personality and personality differences. I want people just as they are, not as I prefer them to be. This was a hard one lesson, of course. You know, in my younger years, yeah, I was a bully. I was not even disguised bully. I was a bully because that's the only way I learned how to do it when I was 
when I was a young person growing up in New Jersey in an Italian Jewish community that had all of what's wrong with those two groups in a concentrated area called Long Branch, New Jersey, seven miles north of where Bruce Springsteen grew up and where he, what he fled from, the Jersey Shore. The Jersey Shore was my childhood. Who knew? And I go back there often. I love it. But I'm stronger now. And I've, you know, kind of formed myself by many, many hard lessons. So don't meddle. Tread carefully. Subset, get your own support group. And no is not a negative. No is not a negative. It's an adventure. No doesn't mean it's a negative. It's simply a word. So save your ammunition for a real threat, but no is not a threat. No is an interesting opportunity for you to regroup or rethink, but it will not stop your implementation because you are going to get people involved physically. Keep it physical. We will complete this when we come back after our last break. I'll be here. Thanks. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, welcome back. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth. We're in the the fourth and final part of our show today at the Visual Workplace, where we're looking at the Visual Workplace and the tribal think, and how to navigate 
that landmine, how to move ahead on a change in an initiative, a conversion, a benefit that is going to make a very positive contribution to your company, to yourself, and to the people you work with. How to move ahead without, in a sense, destroying people, destroying the possibility of success. So I'm listing out, and there's 10, these 10 rules. I've gotten, I'm up to number four. Don't meddle, let people be themselves. Don't try to change them, change the system. Tread carefully. Get physical, because visual is physical, and I'll say more about that in a moment. And treat no, not as a negative, but as an adventure. (laughs) I know some of you are either turning the radio off or laughing at me, thinking that I'm a silly person. Let me move on to number five. Notice and promote differences. Notice the differences. Do not standardize people. Do not expect them to be the same. Let them be tribal. Let them be close to the chest. Let them be careful. Let them wait. Mm. Respect that they are waiting to feel safe. And they may never reach that point with you or with the change. But if they do, they will know it themselves. That's number five. Notice and promote differences. Promoting them is pretty much simply let them be. It doesn't mean we are creating factions, but we are letting people be. We're not meddling. Back to number one. Number six is watch. Spend a lot of time watching. Let people behave. Let the adults be adults. No labels, please. And you know what I do while I'm watching? I move forward, this is number seven, on the methodology. I move forward on the step-by-step of visuality. Visuality is a systematic change. One side of the equation is following the protocol, the methodology. The other side is inventiveness. In all cases, if I'm working with CEOs or I'm working with operators, it's methodology plus inventiveness. The methodology is the known pathway. The inventiveness is the glory of it. Well, both of them are glorious, but let's just say that's where the personality exists. Move forward on the methodology. Everything else is optional. You can't make people be creative, but you can help them feel safe. And the methodology will do number eight, which is keep things physical. You are improving the physical environment. When I teach visuality, I always go back to the methodology. I go back to the step-by-step. I get folks involved in the protocol of change. And that's the beauty part because when you engage people's muscles physically, you simultaneously engage their minds. This isn't a dictum. This is how we are. We move our muscles and our mind moves with it. And, you know, it's one of the best remedies for anything, to to get physical, to keep busy, for a heartbreak, a grief, a confusion. Move your muscles. I'm not talking about denying things or pushing them down. I'm talking about, and this will lead us to nine, the incredible regulating power of flow. 
which is a principle of lean and a visual. Let the flow do the work. That's number nine. Let the flow do the work. We get physical in order to generate the flow. There is a time and there must be a time to reflect, to be still, to consider, to not just cogitate but to meditate, to absorb and to process. Of course, but you'd be surprised how much of that can happen and happen well when the body is in flow, when it is flowing, dancing, running, working, following the protocol of visuality. The incredible regulating power of flow. So number nine, let the flow do the work. That means you have to create it intentionally as part of the methodology. For those of you who have worked with me on site or gone to my seminars or whatever, listen to these shows. This is exactly what I do when I have a group talk amongst themselves. Just turn to a partner and talk about this. Talk about this thing that I just said or this thing you just saw or this dilemma that we just surfaced. How would you handle it? What do you think about it? And you're creating a very safe environment of one person talking to just one other person, not the table. The dynamics change. The tribe becomes present when you do the whole table or the tribal think. you just me and you, just me and you. The approach is oblique. But the goal is constant. Create flow. So the flow does the work. And you watch. And you notice and promote the differences. Create flow. So the flow does the work. This is also a principle, of course, in smart placement. In, in my work that makes sense methodology. Very important. Create flow. So the flow does the work. And then follow the flow. Don't meddle. Follow the flow. The flow has all the information in it. Flow is consciousness. You know because it's flowing. Anything that flows is already alive. I want to throw one more in. They're kind of hand in hand. Number 10. Engineer and celebrate early victories. Make much of small things. Get doing that, making People notice small things and getting people used to celebrating small things. This is your pathway to excellence. Making too much out of small things will weaken your progress if you do not also, when the time comes, shift into celebrating excellence. You're not taking any power away from the good enough The good enough is going to get you early victories. And that will be the stepping stone to mastery, to excellence. So in my experience, these are the 10 things that I focus on internally when I am faced with the elephant in the room, with the tribal think. Because I love visuality and I know it will do good and I know it will get 15 to 30% increase in productivity. And so I have to Be aware of what can stand in the way. Here's the list. Don't meddle. Two, tread carefully. Three, get physical. Four, no is not a negative. It's an adventure. Five, notice and promote differences. Do not standardize people. Six, watch. Seven, 
move forward with the methodology. Everything else is optional. Eight, keep it physical. Nine, let the flow do the work. And ten, celebrate. Early victories and then excellence. That's my list. I had a wonderful time with you today. I can hardly wait until next week. Please get prepared to call in. The number is 866-472-5790. Write it down now so you will call in next week and we'll continue the conversation then. I look forward to your emails at radio at radio at visualworkplace.com to any way you want to communicate that helps me fashion my shows. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth and I'm signing off. We appreciate your joining us this week for The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense. Please tune in for another episode next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, featuring your host, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening. Thank you.